Welcome to Culture Crawl ATX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. Yeah, my buddies just sent yeah. um, <clears throat> some article. It wasn't a very good article, and it, it didn't capture very good uh, stats or anything. But it was talking about colorism and its adjacency to power, right? Especially in the United yeah. States. Um, because yep. as, as more and more children... I think, I think what the article is trying to say is as more and more children continue to be multicultural, uh-huh. the concept of power and race is going to need to transform such that um, whiteness as a political and power construct finds a way to survive. And it will require people who are not fully traditionally white as we would think about it, you know, in the 60s or even now, right. they will have to decide whether or not they want to put on that cloak of race-based power or choose to be equitable. Uh, and so we'll see. It was, it was interesting. Like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't a well-documented or well-written uh, research, but it, it does do well to to create the conversation around what might be and what we should be concerned not necessarily concerned about but certainly what we should um what we should be aware of as potential i think it depends on how you grew up right like if you grew up experiencing and again i've been having a lot of these conversations here too because here there's a lot more race mixed like mixed race people or mixed race couples um because my dad is white, but I was raised as a black person with a white dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was raised as biracial, or if my dad's family, you know, if my dad had known his family and my dad hadn't been raised essentially by my black godfather, right? Like if my dad hadn't been mixed passing himself because he doesn't look white, he, my, my grandparents thought that my dad was half black and half white, and that's why they allowed my mom to date him. And then when two white parents showed up at the baby shower, my grandfather was like, what is this? Like my grandfather didn't speak to my mother for years when he found out well, he, my dad was white, white, right? Because um, my dad had been passing as part. But I, I think about like, if I had been raised as more white, I, I might not be as, uh, here I feel radical at home, I'm not radical, but I, I might not be as like radically pro-black, right? Because you yeah. might feel like you have to choose, you might have that balance. So I think to your point of these folks who are coming up and will be ascending into power, it depends on how you're raised. Were you raised as a black person like how did you experience the world did you experience the world as a black person who just had white family members or did you experience the world as like having access and the privilege of white and you were just a little darker but we didn't talk about that yeah 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 that actually um that that will be it will be very interesting as this group of of children are raised because um actually we could probably we could probably call this one colorism and, and split it but um i think about access and experience, right? Mm -hmm. So my kids swim, uh, they play tennis. Yep. They know a bunch of Princeton people. Actually, one thing James said was, he said, uh, everybody in Chicago went to Princeton. (laughs) Okay. And my I kids think like, everybody went to Spelman and Morehouse, so. I was like, I was <laughs> like, nah, the people you know who live in Chicago did happen to go to Princeton. But like being raised with that mindset, whereas I didn't know what Princeton was until it showed up at my front door. 
meanwhile, these kids think it's normal. So um, when they are older, uh, how they operate in the world relative to their peers is going to be interesting. I haven't decided yet whether I want to push an agenda, but what I think about though is, um, is when that tennis player said, when, remember when it was four black women that was gonna be in the finals and then the one says she's not black, Madison? Yeah. She's like, I'm not black, I'm just Madison. Madison Keys, uh-huh. I can see how one of my children might say that. Well, Madison she, also had a white mother, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can see how they, I can see where it comes from. She's not saying like, and justify it for her well first of all she should have never said it right like her pr should have been better than that except that's how she feels right i had a but cousin that's how growing she up who feels. like yeah her favorite quote was from zora neale hurston it's like i claim no race i'm just me and i'm like excuse me young woman you are actually black though like regardless right. of what you want to claim they're gonna project what they're gonna project onto you yeah yeah and so it'll be interesting because race in america has nothing to do with how you feel about yourself right uh, and so then the question is, do you have to tell your child that they're black now? <laughs> well, you know, I told my children as soon as they could talk that they were black, like my daddy told me as soon as I could talk that I was black. But I think for your kids, my kids also swim and they don't play tennis, but they also like do things that in quotes, black people don't do, but black elite people do, right? Like my kids are competitive swimmers. My kids um, my ex-husband played lacrosse and not basketball, right? But I think that if if your kids end up in a place like Morehouse or Howard or Hampton, then the way that they experience the world will be normal because that is what those black kids do do. They play rugby and lacrosse, right? Oh, right, right. I hear what you're saying. But if your black kids end up in a place where, A, there aren't enough black kids to find that group of black kids that do those things right like I just think that there is a way that your kids can interact with black peers and be fine again mine do and will be fine even though that their experience like my kids have traveled internationally since they were three years old and can tell you about oh the zoo in Toronto is better than the zoo in um he hasn't been to London but his he likes Toronto better than he likes for instance San Diego and he absolutely almost told me we couldn't move to Austin because the zoo here was trash, right? <laughs> um, but they will be socialized with other black kids who have been you know, raised the same way. And I think right, that your kids right. will be fine as long as you figure out like who that black elite is and yeah, send your you, kids that's over That's there. why I said, let me drop your kids <laughs> off. I mean, let me drop mine off and kick it. The that's problem is your kid's going to go home to their white mama and they're going to be side-eyeing her and it's going to cause so many problems in your household. Like, you just can't <laughs> drop your kids off at my house. <laughs> For the sake of your household, you can't do yeah. that. Because my kids side-eye their white grandparents, right? They're like, all right, you guys are the tolerable white people, but you're still white. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. That, that is funny. <laughs> you can't drop your kid. They need a little bit more easing in to Auntie Autumn. They can't just be dropped off here and reading Baldwin tomorrow. Well, actually, <laughs> that's true. But it, but, I, but mine spend more, I mean, now we're really getting off topic, but mine spend more time on, on from, a, from a family perspective, they spend more time with my side. So I wonder okay. if they actually, I guess that means when they think about family, they probably think about blackness. Inter- they probably internalized blackness even without knowing it. 
do your kids like if you ask your kids do they identify as black or have they not identified a race they don't i don't ask uh i don't but ask. you also don't tell them what they are I don't either, tell right? that's right that's right these guys are these guys are gonna be those assholes that say i don't see race <laughs> no if you send your kids to my house the first lesson will be like you are black men in america and this is what that means and how you will carry yourself like they yeah. will immediately be told that they are black in my yeah. house <laughs> As I think about my own childhood and I and I think about the school that I went to, when people ask, you know, you know where are you from? It was like, oh, I'm Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 is what my response always was. And then all the Caribbean uh, students, you know, chill together. You know, sometimes we yep. didn't chill with the Haitians, and sometimes we didn't chill um, with the Bahamians, the Tamil, the Bahamian was. But for the most part, you know, all the Caribbeans was fine. We all got along, you know, for the most part, and you know that was it. I, I think this um, this concept of you know white and black really I'll say through, at least for me throughout my my schooling it, it it was it wasn't a conversation. It's like yeah we knew that people were had a like, favoritism, but there right. definitely right. was a, a difference between African Americans, white Americans, and then Caribbeans. It, yeah. was, it was completely different. We had like a few Africans, like a few Africans actually were from Africa, like a handful. But it was completely different in the upbringing and the mindset, how we carried ourselves and how we engage with people. Because as I hear you all talk about, you know, your children and, and the things that, you know, or how, how close to power they think they can or cannot do. For me, it was like, you know, we could do anything, right? You know, like, well, why not? You know, if, if my family could go from Jamaica to America, shoot, I, the whole world's my oyster. It's a wrap. You know, let's do what we need to do and get, and get it going on. Um, yeah. So I think it's very interesting because I'm curious to see how my stu- how my children are going to react because um, my my wife, you know, we're, we're both born here, but my background is Jamaican. My wife is from here, so I'm really curious to see how you know our students are going to interact, you know, with with o- other people in general and other you know children. Uh, so that's very something to see um, how that happens. We don't have children yet, so this is for her right now. Is she from here, Austin, or here in the states? Oh, here in the states. So she's from uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it'll be, you know, <clears throat> um, and, and, and uh, you know, actually in, to- in this topic and bringing up something that Camellia said around elitism, right? Uh, we in this, in this group that, you know, three of us are, are invested in the concept of education anyway. You know what I mean? And, and one of the most important things is mm-hmm. one, the investment in education but also having the capacity or the freedom to educate our children and be intimately involved with their upbringing, right? Yes. If, if I was, uh, uh, well, actually I'll just say, you know, I was raised by a single mom who mostly had to work. And so what that means is I mostly had to watch my sister and then do all of these other things that kept the house together while she you know, worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did a good job, clearly. Um, but my experience is a is a is a is a function of her not necessarily being around. Although later in life, she did do what she needed to do to be a um, stay-at-home single working mother, uh, which is which I never really fully appreciated. Until now, I you know I'm I'm married with a stay-at-home mom, and this shit is still crazy. And I'm like, yo, what, <laughs> what kind of shit was my mom on? 
Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, the point is, our kids will be will have access to a lot more than a lot of people's kids will have. But the question is whether or not our kids will actually ever meet the children who have less, who have limited access. They probably won't see them until college. Right. You know what I'm like I'm thinking of bringing James over so that he can come play some chess. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> well, but that's... our kids. I mean, our my ex-husband's family so my kids have cousins who have less access right uh, and they enjoy and even like my cousins in jersey they enjoy playing with them for a couple of hours because mm-hmm. they're allowed to do and eat all kinds of things that they're not allowed to do and eat at my house but then they get home I mean, there's definitely like a, okay mommy there's a cutoff this is not our world right like yeah, this yeah. is not who we are it was nice eating four ho-hos today, but I'm about to puke because my system is used to vegetables. <laughs> um, like, like the ho-hos that you brought over over the summer, when like y'all came over the summer, I just threw them away last week because we cannot eat ho-hos in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.